0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, author of Working Like Dogs, and my co host is My Service Dog Whistle. <coughs> And Whistle and I are so happy that you're with us today to talk about our favorite subject, which is working dogs. And we are very familiar with animals as pets, but Working Like Dogs talks about all the different things that animals do in the working world. And that's what we're really excited to talk about today because we have some special guests Lori Ranieri and her dog Daisy and Cameron Hanley from the Yolo County District Attorney's Office. And they're going to visit with us today to talk about Daisy's really cool job that she has working at the Yolo County District Attorney's Office. And first of all, we want to start out by thanking the District Attorney, Jeff Reisig, for giving Daisy this really cool job. So please come right back after these words from our sponsors and join us as we visit with Lori and Daisy and Cameron.
2: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey, boy,
3: how you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own lifebook. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. <coughs> no, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy. Remember her? People can create their own life book for their pets by going to petliferadio.livingyearspets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. Ah! Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com. Living
4: Hi, and welcome to The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Colleen Safford. Each week we'll focus on different topics child pet safety, child pet training, just how to make an appropriate pet selection for your family. All of these things will be covered in each one of our episodes. So we hope that you will join us at The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio.
3: Every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome our guests today Cameron, Lori, and Daisy. Hello and welcome. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> well, we're so excited for you to be here with us today and tell us all about the really cool job that Daisy has with the Yolo County DA's office. So I guess, Lori, we should start with you because this was your idea, right?
0: Well, it wasn't really my idea. I think I just plugged into an idea that was out there in the ether, and I think that's one of the things about this particular idea is that it's, it's actually kind of obvious, and once people hear it it sounds obvious to them and and a lot of people have been doing it informally Cameron was already familiar with using uh, dogs to help crime victims before I came along and so it was just a match made in heaven
1: that's awesome so tell us exactly what does Daisy do
4: I uh, run our Child Advocacy Center, which is um, a center dedicated to um, working on child sexual abuse cases for the entire county of Yolo, um, where collaboration with every agency that um, is mandated to respond when a child uh, discloses abuse, we try our, our major goal, and this is why DAISY is key, is to reduce the um, trauma that child victims historically would go through in the processing of their case, going to multitude of agencies having to going through intake processes and juggle various court dates and whatnot so we have now a dedicated um, child friendly center um, with specialists just in child sexual abuse and every aspect of their case, whether it's CPS, therapy, advocacy, the interviews that traditionally are done by law enforcement, and even the evidentiary exams um, that were traditionally done at hospitals. And Daisy fits into that plan perfectly, because Daisy is at the center um, with us, and uh, she greets the children. Um, She... It depends if the child wants, um, bonds with Daisy and wants Daisy to participate in every part of her case, including the interview, um, with the law enforcement interview and the medical exam, and then going as far as to court at the end of the road, um, then that's what Daisy does. If, um, Daisy if, you know, It kind of depends on the family, and one thing that we've really seen Daisy be helpful with is the child may you know want to hang out with Daisy a little bit in the lobby, but then come to the interview by his or herself. Um, however, the family is feeling very anxious, sitting in the lobby. The interviews can be as long as two hours, and just having Daisy there, you can just kind of see the anxiety. Um, Dissipate, and and she's you know she's comforting. She's very sensitive to emotions, so she'll go. We had a gentleman uh, last week who had a lot of anxiety, brought a lot of tense energy to the center, and Daisy just sensed that and just went right up to him and kind of leaned against his legs, and um, he lay down on our couch and was just kind of petting her the whole time, and um, was very calm. Um, which is um, very helpful to the children um, because they, you know, they pick up on everything. So if their parents and, and Cameron, worried. he
0: he was a crime victim, right? He was the father of a of a child who had yes, been, yes.
4: Yeah. The children are so sensitive to their parents' emotions that you know that can affect you know if they see that they're very tense and. Um, So it's just been an amazing thing, and we're so happy that Lori happened to us. It's kind of synchronicity because I had just begun looking into um, this. I'd heard about it from a um, colleague in uh, Santa Rosa, and then uh, Lori appeared, so it was.
1: That was perfect. (laughs) Well, I know. I've heard about these programs as well, and that's why I was so excited when I heard about the work that Daisy was doing and really wanted you guys to come on and talk about it. because this is a trend that's happening across the country. I know that our district attorney's office is just starting that here in Santa Fe. And just what you're describing, I mean... the criminal justice system is so stressful under the best circumstances it's very stressful and especially when most people are in the system because they've been through some kind of trauma so to have a wonderful experience with with an amazing creature like Daisy I can only imagine how much it helps in your office and what a difference it makes for the individuals not only the children but for the parents as well that get to experience her so Lord. How did you decide that, that Daisy was cut out to work at the DA's office? Prior to Daisy, I had had pet dogs, and um, one of my
0: dogs in particular, he was my first dog, and he was very, very important to me, and when he passed away, it just crossed my mind that nobody would miss him but me, and that was just very profound. You know, my friends thought he was a pain in the neck, <laughs> you know, he was that kind of dog, and... <laughs> When um, and I had a few other dogs, they passed away, and when it was time to start with a new puppy, I really wanted to do something. And I, with my dog, in community service, and because I've been a medical patient a lot, I had heard about hospital therapy dogs, and I started down that road. As soon as I got Daisy, we started in training. So she was three months old; I'd had her three days, and I live in a town with a big vet school, UC Davis, and they have some classes. But they did not have a puppy kindergarten going on, and Daisy actually started school in kitty kindergarten <laughs> because I was so anxious. I couldn't wait for puppy kindergarten. And um, and I was training under the Delta therapy system as well, and I happened to read an article in Bark Magazine about courthouse dogs and that was just a fluke because i didn't even hear about bark magazine but a client of mine sent me a gift subscription which that's kind of unusual and even then that i would even read a magazine on dogs that comes to my office but the dog on the cover actually looked a little like daisy it was just one of these kismet things one thing after another i read the article And I had a a friend who had recently become a judge in Yolo County, and I sent the article to him and said, we should have this in Yolo County. And he was the one who referred me to the district attorney. And when I called Jeff Reisig, whom I did not know, I was just a community member calling out of the blue, he said, literally, I'm reading about this idea um, in the prosecutor's newsletter, whatever that's called. And we got started
1: with a pilot program. Wow, the synchronicity was there for all of you. That's so awesome.
4: It was incredible, particularly in our cases and child sexual abuse. um, It's so, so helpful um, to have Daisy because um, the majority of our victims have been um, abused by someone that um, they trusted, you know, a human that was supposed to protect them, care for them. And so, you know, we have great advocates. We have a great victim witness program. But, you know, some of our our kids and, and some of our teenagers They've been betrayed by um, every person they thought they could trust and it would protect them and advocate on their behalf from a very young age, so they just don't come in naturally trusting us no matter, you know, how wonderful our advocates are. Um, But they trust Daisy, you know. Um, They they pet her. They bond with her. You can just see that kind of tough, um, mistrustful, defensive edge just kind of melt. You know, sometimes they have a really intense interview and they just don't want to come out and look their parents in the eyes right away and and they'll walk out with Daisy who's been there the whole time and um, everybody's glances will avert to Daisy and then that kind of gives the teenager that five or ten minutes to regroup and um, and then engage again with her family so it's just been incredible
1: yeah that's awesome how do you introduce Daisy to each young person that comes in what's your process
4: We have a a pre-interview questionnaire um, that we've always done for our interviews, so what we did is we added um, questions about, you know, are they, um, have they been raised around animals, do they like dogs, are they allergic, and we let them know about Daisy before they even come and and ask if they'd like Daisy to be there. Daisy's there uh, many days, like I told you, with me, but she can stay in the back or stay in my office if she needs to, you know, if someone has an allergy or a fear, um, But if they say yes, they they like dogs or they have a dog, um, then we arrange for Daisy to be there. We also have a picture of her in the lobby um, so kids can request her. And then um, we usually come out and say, Daisy, make friends. And she shakes and um, she gives high fives and she does tricks. And um, (laughs) it just kind of melts the ice. And then she'll hang out in the lobby and... um, then we'll ask the child, you know, do you want Daisy to come with you? Do you want Daisy to stay with your parents? Sometimes kids just kind of, you know, they, they want to take care of their parents too or their little sister or brother. So they'll say, oh, I want Daisy to watch, you know, my little brother. Um, it's just been really cute. And then, or they'll say, I want Daisy to come with me. And the great thing is is um, what often happens in the system, in the system is, um, unfortunately, families sometimes fall through the cracks with um, follow-up services like therapy and counseling. And Daisy is just a draw. Um, We have kids that um, return uh, to come to counseling and and, um, it's very important that they come every week. And boy, they come running in the door, where's Daisy? Where's Daisy? Or I drew a picture of Daisy this week and they want to show it to her. And Daisy has little business cards that uh, we give out and the kids can keep with them and That's so
1: great. That's so great. Well, I mean, it just sounds like she's helping on so many levels. But I think you really touched on such the crutches of it, which is that she helps them with the trust issues because they have been betrayed. And Daisy is so loyal and so wonderful that they can begin to trust again and start the healing process. That's so amazing.
0: Well, I would say, Marcy, one other thing to any listeners that are interested in having this in their community, I think for us, we're a small community. Yolo County is in Northern California. It's bordered by much larger counties. But the fact that I could just phone the district attorney and get him on the phone, and one of his assistant district attorneys, Jonathan Raven, was also very involved, and everybody was very open to me as a volunteer with Daisy, but also Cameron, When as soon as she met me, she kept reminding me the word was pilot program and so that was really key because a lot of the ideas about what would be appropriate came as Cameron had Daisy with her and thought about What are the tense situations that are going on that Daisy can be helpful with? And one of the stories that I like, Cameron, that you've told is how the police officers need to be committed to Cameron's process. We have several police forces in our county, and they all need to be committed to this process so they're not veering off and doing something different. And they they stop by to visit Daisy when she's at the MDIC. And Maybe you could say something about that, Cameron. That's true.
4: Well, and I was just thinking that at the same time, not so much on the friendship level, but the the other benefit. We we obviously were thinking about Daisy um, in terms of victims and their families, but... Um, the benefit to the professionals involved in these cases, you know, it is a very emotionally draining assignment. And um, a lot of uh, young detectives get thrown into this assignment. A lot of social workers, a lot of cases are very, very difficult. Kind of even just forcing everybody to collaborate together and work around everybody's schedules and everything can be frustrating. And Daisy has um, reduced that anxiety, you know, in, in briefings and team meetings and Um, Just our staff, if they're having a particularly trying day or long day, like Daisy said, our law enforcement officers will say, you know, I need Daisy. I need a Daisy fix or where's Daisy? You know, they'll be in the neighborhood. They'll drop by to visit her. She'll recognize them and and run up. And even me, you know, in my office... she's been very uh, interesting to me, kind of like my conscience, because if we don't have anything for her to do, say, that particular time, her home base is is my um, office, and I'll be on the phone, um, you know, thinking I'm conducting myself very professionally, but maybe feeling a little bit frustrated or tense with the conversation, and I can't tell you how many times um, Daisy has just gotten up in the middle of my conversation and come over and put her head on my lap, and I was unaware that I was kind of getting tense, you know, and I look at Daisy you and know, I, okay, you're right, you're right, and uh, can kind of take a step back that way, or if I get off the phone, play with her a little bit. So um, she's just been wonderful. We we had a, a staff member, a case manager, who deals with um, every aspect of the case and the families because all the transport um, has a pretty stressful uh, job, and um, she got into a car accident um, and that was the first thing that happened. And then a week later, her car was stolen. And it was just amazing how um, she came to work and she was um, trying to explain everything that had gone on. And and um, it wasn't on the job or anything, but just she needed to take care of some appointments. And Daisy just... Um, I mean, she hadn't even said a word. Daisy just immediately walked over to her and just leaned against her, and you know, could just really pick up on that uh, she was having a hard time and needed some support. And um, so she's just been wonderful to all of us.
1: That is so great Well, I I just am thrilled to hear about all the things that Daisy's doing And we're going to continue talking about Daisy's really great job And all the the different things that she does And I really want to ask about what Daisy's work day looks like So please, we're going to continue talking So please come back after these messages from our sponsors And we'll get to visit more with Lori, Daisy, and Cameron So please come right back
2: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Greetings,
1: human. What? Hello!
4: I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat tick and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite.
3: Every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio.
2: Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
0: Pet
1: we Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Lori and her dog, Daisy, and Cameron from the YOLO District Attorney's Office in California. We should tell our listeners that that's where you guys are located. But before we get back to my next question, I have to ask you, can you guys please tell our listeners what Daisy looks like? What kind of dog is Daisy?
0: Daisy is a Border Collie mix. She came from the shelter. She is almost all black, but she does have a little bit of touches of gray uh, a few places, but most people don't notice that. And she's about 40 pounds, which actually seems to work very well. She's kid size, and she has longish hair. I kind of wonder if she's a Border Collie golden retriever because her hair is sort of like a golden retriever, but she's black, and she's got a, a Border Collie face, I think.
1: (laughs) <laughs> she sounds beautiful. She is. She, uh, she's gorgeous, and
4: she's very unique looking. Um, she's very photogenic, and uh, people constantly comment on her appearance. She's just. She's very cute. Extremely cute.
1: I have two questions that I'm dying to ask. First question is: Is what kind of training, Lori? You mentioned a little bit, but how did you prepare Daisy for her new job?
0: Well. the I was already taking courses for Daisy and I to become a hospital therapy team and we were actually attending a service dog school that also does obedience training and and therapy dog training. And when... I started in with this pilot program and called up the school, very excited. In fact, I think I had Terry Sandoff from our school come to my first meeting with Jeff and Jonathan and Cameron. And she said, Daisy's going to need a higher level of training in order to do this kind of work. And so she was familiar with the psychiatric service dog training. And I know you've had the founder of that group on the show and that was a wonderful interview. And so we went to that website and reviewed it. And then uh, Daisy and I bumped up from therapy dog class, which we, had, we were already taking it, I think, for the second time because we were just waiting for the next time to take the Delta test, and, um, and so we started take, going to service dog class. So she is trained as a psychiatric services dog as well as having met all the criteria for the Delta um, therapy. She, is, she and I are a Delta Pet Partners team, and she's also a canine good citizen, and she's passed the public access test given by our service dog school.
1: And how long did it take you to get her through that psychiatric service dog training?
0: Well, I personally think we're always training, but I would say about two years. What would you say, Cameron? Would you say about the last two years we've been there, maybe a year and a half?
4: Yes, definitely. And a lot of it has been on the job training as well, you know, just kind of fitting into our particular program and everybody getting familiar with the concept
1: yeah, that was my question. So did you have to wait that entire two years or did she start working part time at the DA's office while you were getting the additional training? Yeah. Well the key word ended- there is the pilot program. Yeah. <laughs> we
4: we did we did things a little bit differently because we were just looking into the concepts and then Lori happened to us, um, like I said, and and it we all connected and it worked out. So we and And the neat thing about our center is because it's very um child friendly and kind of home like for lack of a better word it's it's it was very easy to to just fold daisy into you know it's as opposed to uh, court or a courtroom, which is very formal or rigid. So, And Daisy was also younger then, obviously. So she's, um, she was continuing her training and also continues. I mean, Lori is just so um, energetic. They do tons and tons of different training. We also work with her trainer from her school, St. Francis. She comes to the center and works with our staff. So it definitely was a pilot program uh, where we all kind of figured it out as we went. Um, and Daisy, you know, worked the whole time, you know, and, and we would notice things. And then I would say to either Lori or her trainer at St. Francis, you know, it would be really great is if Daisy could do this or Daisy could do that or if we had one word, you know, um, and <clears> they <throat> would cue her for this or that. And um, so we just kind of um, created it around that. Um, we didn't start her at in interviews right away. But, boy, I tell you, the first time, I hadn't even officially, here I am the director, and I hadn't even made the decision to start our interviews. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in, we, we observe the interviews through another room, and I'm sitting in the observation room, and my interview specialist um, comes walking down the hall with the child and Daisy and takes her to the interview and that was her first interview and, and I asked uh, our, Juliana our interview specialist afterwards and she said well the, the child said she wanted Daisy to come with her so I figured there's no time like the present and um, <laughs> in, in went Daisy and I was standing up at the, the window you know a little bit nervous and watching and boy Daisy was just a champ she did great she, um, she just kind of lighted the base of the child's uh, feet and she um, listened you know she she just stared um at him it was a little boy and um then he every once in a while would touch her head and um she was very calm she didn't distract in any way and um it just went perfectly and you know Daisy has a wonderful natural disposition so um it hasn't you know been that challenging to fold her into all of our services and then our our nurse practitioner happens to be a dog lover and I thought that might be kind of tricky in our medical exam room introducing the concept of Daisy even going I thought well maybe Daisy will wait in the lobby and be there right when the child goes in and then waiting as soon as she she or he comes out but our nurse practitioner said um, oh heck you know we we have dogs at the hospital all the time you know Daisy can come into the
1: exam room so um,
4: (laughs) that started right away too.
1: So it just kept, yeah, it seems like it grew so quickly because all of you had such a great attitude about and could see the possibility that Daisy had for throughout the whole process. That's so wonderful. One of the things is the Child Advocacy
0: Center is about helping the children and the focus has to be there on the child all the time and so one of my feelings was I didn't want the staff to be burdened with a list of, oh, here's the commands. I mean, some of the people speak to Daisy in Spanish, you know, (laughs) so we really want it to be, Daisy is is working for them and we really want it to work in their way and Cameron's been great about figuring out what she wants and then I try to work on the training things and, and we all work together
1: well that's what, that's what I was going to ask is how many commands does Daisy know, and how do you help the other people to know her language
0: Well, I, her list at school is in terms of reliable where she gets it no matter who says it it's about fifty commands um, but and we're working our way to ninety but the, but she is such a sensitive kind of dog um, and and you know she probably couldn't do other kinds of service work that might be more unnerving. she's highly sensitive, but that actually means that people can speak to her in any language. I have a few things I say to her in Hebrew because I don't want anybody else to be able to tell her to do these things <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and people can't really you know guess at that but um I, mostly what she's doing, you know what the job is it's it's being comforting. And so the main initial focus was on proper behavior, you know, not barking, not chasing squirrels, not chewing something that wasn't hers, you know, just basic, good, canine, good citizen behavior. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is something that we build on. And the people come in, they may know dogs, so they have words that they've used with other dogs and they want her to respond. And um, she she 's pretty good at watching people 's hand movements, so she 's pretty responsive i think to people 's physical movement in terms of getting close if they want her to be close or or not being close if if they don 't want her to be close so we don 't I think one of the things that i 've learned from Cameron is these children have been violated and it's there's been some command structure in that experience someone has told them either to behave a certain way or to keep something a secret so they don't at the um at the center they don't give daisy a lot of commands they just talk to her like she's another person and then the children do that too and that seems to work Would, would you agree with that cameron
4: Yeah, absolutely. We don't allow any dents or, you know, we try to be, we try to give children as much power as possible over the process and and we don't use harsh words to children or Daisy, but what I was thinking about is it's not really the kind of environment where you have word commands or do this or do that. You know, basically the rapport building part between Daisy and the child, you know, there's tricks, there's high five, there's, you know, low crawl and and stuff like that, that she just knows very well, make friends and shaking. But the training part um, just requires Daisy to, when she comes to an interview, um, you know, the, the. the, the, the thing that, that she brings to the interview is, is just basically her physical presence. And she needs to, you know, lie quietly and not um, try to leave the room. And she needs to be focused on the child and she needs to not distract from the interview. Um, she needs to be sensitive that if the child's touching her and just kind of getting that tactile comfort to lie there. And so those are all things that we taught her early on with St. Francis are not ongoing commands, you know. So um, Daisy, you know, the the biggest thing that she contributes to families and children is just her physical presence and it's just amazing um, the effect that has on everybody involved and um, what she really needs to do is, um, you know, to put um, other people's needs before her own and, um, you know, lie, lie in one position, go up to somebody who's calling her, um, you know, not bark things like that. Not try to leave, um, and she's great at that. And and then that just kind of happens over and over again. Um, you know, um, so as far as word commands, that's just you know, there's just kind of that reportability, make friends, and that sort of thing in the beginning. But the rest of it is, um, is her training. Um, and then and then just being intuitive, um, and that was part of her training, too, and then just being physically present and being with the child as long as the child needs her to be there, you know, and not running all around or, you know. Um, so that's, I don't know if that was making sense, but that's kind of the behavior. She's just there. She's still. She doesn't leave a child. Um, you know, if, if I tell her to um, hang out in the lobby, she hangs out in the lobby um, until the family's gone or until somebody comes and gets her.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like she's just perfect, perfectly suited with her personality and her sensitivity, because that's so cool that she can also, that she's Lori's dog, that she works so well with you, Cameron, and that she responds so well to what you ask of her. So, yeah, that's really, it's just, dogs just never cease to amaze me with their abilities, you know, to really respond to what's needed. And it sounds like she does that in so many different capacities. So, tell us, Lori and Cameron, what does Daisy's day look like? How many days does she work a week? And what's a a regular work day for her look like?
0: Let me jump in, Cameron, and just say where Daisy's day starts on a working day. When she gets up in the morning, and this is, you know, I know with working dogs generally, they're very attached to their handler. On a day that Daisy's going to go to Cameron, the first thing after I tell her good morning in Hebrew, which means she can get out of her bed, (laughs) um, I tell her she's going to Cameron today. And she knows Cameron's name, and she wags her tail, and I I let her know that's what's going to happen. She also has a bath almost every day that she goes to Cameron and that I think that's very important for working dogs to be especially her people are gonna hug her she's gonna hug them they're gonna get close to her and we want her to be very clean and touchable and then she knows the difference between the vest that she wears to go with Cameron and her regular service dog vest so she puts on her vest and she usually not always, but usually the way the schedule works, she comes to my office with me because my office is in between cameron 's home and and where the center is, and then Cameron comes and picks her up, and um, I like to say Daisy commutes with the boss, and <laughs> one of the things i've i 've learned from you, Marcy, is a lot of things that I just think are behaviors that a well behaved service dog should have you actually put the commands like get in the car and things like that. Yes, (laughs) So we just tell Daisy, get in the car, (laughs) and she gets in the car, and Cameron puts on her seatbelt, and that's also important. Sometimes Cameron transports some of the clients of the center in the car, and so Daisy wears a seatbelt, and so the kids wear a seatbelt too, Mm -hmm. and then Cameron takes Mm -hmm. it from there.
4: Yeah, so I usually pick her up about 9, sometimes 8.30, and then we go to uh, Woodland, which is about a half an hour, drive and then we go in and in the morning and we say hi and make our rounds to the office and say hi to all the staff and that's important you know just kind of um getting daisy acquainted with who's there and then it just kind of depends on the schedule um we do all the things that i've already (laughs) described and um usually i bring her back um between five and six, sometimes I take her to um, Laurie and Daisy's home. You know, if we have if we're running late that day or we have a, a late um, therapy session or interview, I'll bring her home at six thirty or seven. And that's that's a long day when that happens. I have her about three days a week. That seems perfect. We take a couple of breaks during the day, but Daisy's really great at holding her potty. (laughs) We don't like to make her and and, uh, she's just a trooper until the end. Uh, She also sometimes rides with our staff to pick up kids for therapy or for exams, and if they want Daisy in the car with them, or one little girl wanted to show her friends at school, introduce them to Daisy, so we took Daisy to the school one day, and she showed her off, and Daisy has a vest, and it's got a badge on it from the district attorney's office, so it's very impressive.
1: Well, oh, that's great. Well, I could sit here and talk to you guys about this all day, but our time is, is about up, but I have just one more question for you. If you could share with our listeners, if they wanted to get their dog a job like Daisy's or if they wanted to convince their local district attorney to create a program like this, what advice would each of you give them? And, and I guess I'm asking that if you could answer Lori from your perspective as Daisy's owner and Cameron as your perspective as a DA employee, if you could just give us some quick thoughts and advice to our listeners about what you would recommend.
0: Well, I would say, if you want to do community service with your dog, the Delta Society is a great place to start to get training and learning and um I would say be flexible because when I first called up the district attorney, I thought that Daisy would be in court, and I thought she would be working with adults and not and that is not that I had any negative about anything else. I just didn't know I, the only courtroom scenes I'd ever seen were on television and involved adults, so <laughs> I think being very flexible, and one of the things was I had to become a district attorney's uh, office volunteer. I was fingerprinted. I was background checked. And I had to get my mind around my job in this is, in addition to being an advocate for Daisy's health and well-being, I am an advocate for the Yolo County District Attorney's Office to have great programs and try to fit in where they need us and get my ego out of the way. And so we do a lot of other things too, like we make public appearances um, at at fairs and things like that with Daisy. And sometimes there's not very many people from the DA's office. Me and Daisy are the representatives and that's okay. So I just say be flexible and look for what the
4: agency you're trying to support and your community needs.
1: That's great advice. And Cameron, what would you like to add to that?
4: Well, following up on what Lori said, you need to be able to make a commitment to the program. Um, it can't just be an inconsistent thing or just for a month. Um, if you just want to do something temporary, you can bring your dog to visit at other places in the community or, you know, but if you really want your dog to work in this capacity, um, there needs to be a commitment both on the human's part and the dog's part. A lot of offices use dogs belonging to a staff member and then get them trained and certified. So that's an option where they will just come to work with the person who already works um, in the program or at the center. And I would just encourage district attorneys to, you know, even if they're not naturally inclined this way or um, maybe they're not dog lovers, to open their minds and just be open and, you know, research a little bit online. Maybe visit a program like ours, talk to other DAs who have this program, and um, just be open to the concept and the um, benefits because that's really really the key is people just coming in with an open mind and watching and then uh, they you become believers pretty quickly.
1: Well, it certainly sounds that way. I mean, you've just talked about so many benefits. The benefits really seem endless and I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing the work that Daisy's doing and all the work that you guys are doing because it's because of you and your commitment, Lori and Cameron. So thank you so much for what you're doing to change the lives of so many children that have been uh, abused and to really give them hope so Whistle and I thank you so much for that and we hope you'll come back again and fill us in on how Daisy's doing and and more progress that you're making because it's it's just really wonderful work that you're doing every day. So thank you for that. And we want to thank our listeners for joining us and our sponsors for making our show possible and we hope you'll come back and join Whistle and I again on working like dogs at Pet Life Radio. Thanks so much.
3: Let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com.